Hey everyone, welcome to the Macrozoia Show. This is your host, Andrew Birrell. And on this show, we explore techniques and strategies focused on helping busy professionals like you achieve and maintain their health goals. Through conversations with fellow coaches, professionals, practitioners, and more, we will uncover what works and what doesn't work for people who are trying to lose weight, manage stress, improve sleep, or just feel better. On this episode, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Brittany Perlowin. Brittany is a professional coach based out of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. She has a background in psychology and employee engagement, but now she focuses solely on helping people break up with the rules, realize their goals, and claim their authentic life. We talk about our relationship with work, why that's so critical during the COVID-19 pandemic, but just in general why that's so critical, and then we talk about what we can do to immediately improve that relationship. So... Let's dive in. First and foremost, thank you. I know you have a lot going on. Great things going on with your life right now. So I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to me. I know a lot of the people who are listening and watching will get a lot of value out of what we're going we're gonna to talk through with everything that's going on. But first and foremost, for the people that may not know you or, or what field you specialize in and who you support, if you could just kind of give me a background and give the audience a background on uh, what you are trying to achieve within what you specialize in and who you are trying to uh, do that for. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I was so flattered when you thought of me. Yeah. Little imposter syndrome creeps in. You're like, me? Yeah. But <laughs> it's always fun chatting with you. So that'll, that kind of pushes it over the edge. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I have spent my career wearing a lot of different hats and trying on different uh, different career paths. Was recently I was working in employee engagement, so really like focused on how do I make people happy and satisfied with their jobs um, within the workplace. And um, with COVID, I have transitioned to being a full-time coach. Uh, so I focus on really helping people live their most authentic life, um, which is kind of broad, but for me, it's just, it kind of permeates into everything. Um, but really just when we're making decisions in life, are you making decisions based on the rules that other people have given you? Or are you making decisions based on kind of rules that you've made for yourself? Like, oh, I got burned in that situation, so I'm never going to do that again. Oh, I've just made a rule. Is that a healthy rule? Does that rule make sense? So really just helping people kind of examine, like, how are you living your life? What rules are kind of governing how you live your life? And do those rules serve you? Is there a better way? more authentic way to make your decisions and live your life. So that's really been my focus. Awesome. Yeah, I think uh, at least what I heard from that is you're giving people an opportunity to define their own rules versus having to follow maybe what society or the standard has put out there. And I feel like without doing that, it's very difficult to live a true life of authenticity. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So who, who do you typically... Uh, ideally would want to would want to work with are these uh, working professionals uh, is there any or is there any is it pretty much anyone who's struggling with this you feel like you want to touch their lives in, in that way or is there a specific niche per se I haven't narrowed it down to a niche because I feel like it's so applicable in so many different arenas I mean I've worked with um, I've worked with somebody who's a stay-at-home mom and is trying to figure out the boundaries between you know how do I 
be a good parent and be a good spouse, but also, you know, maintain my identity. Like how do I make decisions for me, not just for my kids? Um, I've worked with people uh, who are, you know, executives and professionals who um, are struggling to figure out like, how do I be a leader? Um, What does being a leader mean to me? I've seen how other people be a leader. Uh, How do I figure out how to be a leader in my own way so that it's natural instead of trying to imitate somebody else? So I think that it's really something that creeps into every, every part of life. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, that gives you such a huge audience of people that you can make an impact on. So that's got to be extremely fulfilling from from your point of view. There's no shortage of people that want to increase the level of authenticity that they want in their lives. So yeah, none of us are immune to it. I even have to work through it myself, you know, like making the decision, like, do I, do I do this interview? Andrew asked me to do an interview. I had to make the evaluation of like, why would I do it? Why would I not do it? Um, you know, and make sure that I was making the choice for the right reason. So it's still something I think all of us Absolutely. can relate to. Absolutely. Awesome. Occupational wellness. So let's transition to, from your experience, your knowledge, your training, everything that you've gone through, both personally and professionally, what is occupa- occupational wellness to you? Why is it important? But specifically, why is it important to define that right now and start putting the the needle uh, in motion to to truly find health and wellness as it relates to occupational wellness. So before I answer that, I want to ask you a question. Sure. Pretend that you and I just met. Somebody introduced us. We're chatting for the first time. Andrew, tell me about yourself. What do you say? I always say I was born and raised, well, I wasn't born. I was born in uh, Santiago, Chile, and I was raised in upstate New York, and I've moved down to North Carolina. Uh, and the reason I, I like to say that is because North Carolina is where I found to, uh, who I feel like I was supposed to be. When I moved to North Carolina, I was surrounded with a group of people who uh, felt the need to service and support other people. And that's, if I were to tell somebody about myself, that's what I want people to know about me. Uh, no matter what I'm trying to do, I feel like what I love doing and what I'm actually naturally good at doing to some extent at least is being of support and of service to other people and right now i'm trying to do that by helping working professionals who are struggling to meet to achieve and maintain their health and their wellness goals i'm trying to be a advocate and an ally for those people and serve and support those people so we can kind of go on that journey together and they can experience the healthiest version of themselves so if i were to say if you wrap it up with a pretty bow, tell me about yourselves. I am an individual who just loves to support and service other people. And that's where I find the biggest fulfillment. And that's where I, I feel this fire within in my belly that allows me to do that. Whether it's personal or professional, friends or, or clients, I think that's the, the one thing that I've been able to really define over the past few years, truthfully, uh, and kind of harness that, that definition. That's that's who I am. That's what, when I look in the mirror, that's what I see. Someone that loves to support and service other people. So you did better than most people would do with that question, but I think most of us would probably start with, this is my job. Mm. And so you started somewhere else, but you got to what your job was pretty quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's why occupational wellness matters because for better or worse, it is how we define who we are. Like when you're asked the question, who are you? A lot of us within, you know, a certain number of seconds are going to get to, this is my job. This is what I do for a living. Or some of us won't even ask the question, um, 
oh, tell me about yourself, they'll usually open with, hey, so what do you do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so true. I didn't even, I, I didn't even think of it. But, and the crazy thing was, for, for people who are, who are listening and watching, this was not, like, this was not planned. It was a pure natural uh, progression. I didn't tell them I was going to ask this. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's incredible that I, I almost forced myself at first to not talk about what I do right off the bat. I'm like, how do I, how do I almost pivot around that naturally and subconsciously? But I gravitate towards that subject either way. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So for me, that's like the most glaring, obvious reason about why occupational wellness matters so much is because for better or worse, it is how we define ourselves. Um, and I don't want to say that that's necessarily a bad thing because your job is where you spend the majority of your waking time. Sure. You spend more time working than you spend doing anything else except maybe sleeping. And some people are definitely not sleeping enough. So yeah, right. uh, working probably is winning out for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think understanding your relationship to work, just accepting that fact, accepting that we spend a lot of time working, it's a reality of life, however you define working, if it's a stay-at-home mom, if it's outside of the home, we spend the majority of our life working, it's how we define ourselves. Start there and then figure out, okay, what do I want my relationship to be with work? Um, if it's going to be this basically the main thing in my life, I have to understand what that relationship is supposed to be. So it's figuring out um, how can I be satisfied with that aspect of my work? How can it energize me and not drain me? How can I cope when it does drain me? Um, really just like getting a handle on what is that relationship if it is the biggest relationship in my life. Sure. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point. I, I think uh, the statistic, I looked it up last week, right now, the average person, as far as we were to break down our, our occupation, we work 33.3% of our lives. And then everything else is, and sleep is the next closest thing. And it's not that close, right? Yeah. It's really not. It's not close enough. Yeah, exactly. It's not close enough. Uh, so it's a good point that you, that you bring up, uh, really identifying what we want out of that relationship is just like any relationship i guess i guess when we back yeah. to it right to have a true pure healthy relationship we need to know what we are looking for in and out of that relationship can you talk to your experience and what you would guide some of your clients through who are maybe focusing too much on transitioning or climbing that ladder and you see them maybe losing sleep or you see their health going in the bad direction how do you balance and how do you Get all of these dimensions, the anxiety, the stress, the sleep, the eating, uh, your social relationships, all of this stuff. How do you put it into this, this bubble and, and concentrate on, on just that without overwhelming yourself? I mean, that's really the million dollar question, right? I think that that's what all of us are asking ourselves. I, I, I would guarantee <clears throat> that we all ask ourselves that every week, right? Like at some point in the week, something is out of whack uh, between all those different balls that you're juggling. Um, and you feel like one of them is going to fall or has fallen and crap, what do I do? How did this happen? Yeah. Um, I think that it really, it's hard work, but I think what it really comes down to is the idea of defining your values mm -hmm. and really looking at how do you want your life to be structured? Like, again, going back to the idea of like, you have this relationship with your occupation what do you want that relationship to look like? We all have very specific criteria for a life partner. 
um, work is basically our first life partner. And for some people, it's the one that is there their whole entire life. Um, you know, what do you want that dynamic to look like? But more importantly, what do you want it to look like with your other relationships? What do I want? You know, how do I want to be spending time with my kids, with my significant other? How do I want to be focusing on my physical and mental wellness? Um, really defining all of those. And then I don't really like to use the word balance because I think balance implies that you're going to have it perfect um, and that they're all going to be even. But understanding like more of the flow of how you want things to flow. So there's going to be seasons when you have to work more. Um, there's going to be seasons when you don't have to work as much. There's going to be seasons when something's going on with the family and the family needs to be the top priority. Um, so being able to understand how do I ebb and flow between these different priorities, knowing what your priorities are, um, so that you can kind of feel like your life has a rhythm to it and that it's not just chaos. Um, I think one thing I think about all the time when I think of occupational wellness is the old adage that if you find a you know, job that you love, you'll never work a day in your life kind of thing, which I think at the time was like revolutionary when that concept first came out and it was so necessary because nobody had thought about work that way. But I think that it's a little outdated now because I think it puts pressure on people that like you have to have a job that you're passionate about or you're doing it wrong. That's not true for some people. So like, what do you want out of work? Do you want your job to be your passion? Like, do you have a mission focused career? And you know, that's where you want to spend your time. Um, that's where you get your passion and your enthusiasm. Or do you want a job that gives you X dollars a year? Like this is the salary that I need in order to live the life comfortably that I want to live. And that's the most important thing to me in a job Or I need to be able to get off work every day at 4.30 to go home and be with my family. You know, what is it that is most important to you out of your career um, and figuring out how to get your needs met in whatever way works for you. So your career might be your passion. Your career really just might be the thing that gives you the money that you need to go live the life that you want to live. That doesn't mean that you don't give it 100% at work. That doesn't mean that you're not a hard worker. Um, but it's just understanding like what are my values and what is most important to me and what's the best way for me to kind of have all of my values be in alignment with each other so that I'm truly integrating work and non-work time in a way that works. That's awesome. Yeah, that is incredible because I think it goes back to what you said at the beginning of the conversation is in order to get to that point though, where you acknowledge and accept that you may not have this thriving passion for work, and you almost feel like, wow, what's, what's wrong with me? I, I make good money. I like my colleagues. It's, I get to maybe work from home and I'm just not passionate about it. I think for people to know that that's okay, that that's perfectly fine because maybe yeah. what you find for what you want out of a occupational relationship, you don't need to be passionate about it. I mean, we, as human beings, we all want different things from, from our relationships with people. So why can't we treat our occupations the same way? Uh, you know, I, I think so that is absolutely uh, enormous for people to take back and think about and leading into the next idea. Then if, if people are listening and watching to say, okay, that makes perfect sense. But how do I, how do I begin to define this relationship? What's that, what's that one tangible thing that I can take back and either write down or just have some, a uh, few moments of silence to myself and just think about this next chapter 
as I define it and that no one else defines. So when I sit down and I try and start defining the relationship I want with my occupation and my career, is there something that the audience can do to, to start moving that needle forward, uh, even just a little bit, but what's the first step? There's so much information out there. What's like a simple, tangible thing that we all can do right now to start moving that needle forward? I would say what I think is the best thing to do is to sit down and just write down the areas of your life that are most important. Like what categories or buckets exist in your life that like these are my top priorities. These are the things that I need to prioritize spending my time on. Sleep, physical wellness, mental wellness, family. Um, if you're married or in a partnership, that particular relationship um, as an, uh, and obviously work, you know, so figuring out what those buckets are for you. Um, and then not just the bucket, but like define the bucket. Like, what does that mean to you? So like, if you say that your partnership is one of your buckets, what does that mean to you exactly? Like, what does that look like? Like, what is a healthy version of that bucket look like? Maybe also what is an unhealthy version of that bucket look like? Like, this is what I want. And this is what I don't want for every bucket. Um, and then also kind of asking yourself, why did I make this a bucket? Like, is this really supposed to be a bucket? Like I've had, I've seen clients where like, you know, exercising is a bucket. Um, and when I asked them, okay, why is exercising a bucket for you? They went into all of these things about why they don't like their body, um, which isn't really a good place to start. Like that's not a very positive reason to prioritize something is because you hate your body. Um, so if we can look at it and say like, okay, what are the positive things that you get from being physically active, from exercising? How are you defining exercising? So really just getting granular on each of your buckets. What is it? Why does it matter? What does a healthy version of that bucket look like and an unhealthy version of that bucket look like? I think is such an illuminating exercise because we just, a lot of times we're on autopilot and we just do things because they need to get done because it's in front of us because it thought, popped into our head. Uh, but we don't really know why we're doing it. We may not be prioritizing the right things the right way. Sure. So I think if you know what your priorities are and you know why those matter to you, then you've kind of got this foundation that you can go back to anytime you're faced with a decision. So I'm deciding to do this interview with Andrew. He asked me to do this interview. I'm torn between my first reaction is, oh my God, I'd love to help Andrew. I'm so excited for him. My second reaction is I've got... I'm pregnant right now. I don't think we've said that, but I'm pregnant right now. And I've got, <laughs> I've got pregnancy insomnia. And you asked to be on a day when I hadn't been sleeping all week. Like I just had gotten three hours of sleep every day that week. So I felt like crap. And so I was like, I don't know if for my mental wellness, it's a good time for me to do this interview. And so I asked for what I needed. I said, Andrew, can I take a day to think about it? I'm not in a good headspace today. Um, and so knowing that my priorities are, I want to be of service to Andrew and I want to help my friend. And also my priorities are my own mental wellness. Um, and then I'm able to, from there to say like, okay, I can state my need. I can say, I need a day to think about this. Can I get back to you? Which was fine. And so then I got back to you and we were able to move forward. Um, but having that right in front of me to be able to say like, okay, these are the two priorities that are competing for my attention right now. How do I want to handle these? Um, that just doing that gives you such a great foundation to be able to make authentic decisions going forward. Awesome. Yeah. And I feel like the, the real important thing that I get out of that, one of the, the many important things I get out of what you just said is if you had not based your decision on your values and your prior 
priorities. I, I might have gotten you, but I might have gotten you at 25%. I might have gotten you maybe at 50 or maybe even 90%. But the conversation like this to really bring true value and the mission behind what I'm trying to do is to bring true, authentic, tangible value. We couldn't have gotten there if you were, if you were at 25, 50, 75%. So yeah. I think, and that's the way it is across the board, right? It, and I think that's where these values uh, keep us grounded in such a wonderful way. That's the one critical thing. The other thing is more of a question. I, I feel like there's maybe some people out there that have gone through a similar exercise before, we'll say pre-COVID. They loved what they did. They had a great definition of occupational wellness and it was aligned with what they were actually doing. COVID comes in, our lives get turned upside down and we the definition that was applicable six months ago is no longer applicable. Knowing that, can people find comfort knowing that while the values need to be pretty stable, what we want out of a relationship with our occupation, is that more of a, can we go back and redefine that as, as we enter different chapters within our lives? And, you know, maybe as we're exiting college versus entering retirement, we're two totally, two totally different chapters. Does the, does the, the definition of the relationship, can that change throughout our careers? Or do you see that needing to stay stable? I think it absolutely has to change. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there, it's just not realistic that what my career priorities were when I was 22 are the same as when I'm 32. Mm -hmm. um, and even just imagining 22 year old Brittany, I'm kind of laughing to myself um, because we're just so far apart. Like how, how could possibly like, post-grad, moving out on your own, starting your career, how could that be the same way that I wanna prioritize my life as I do sitting here now, uh, seven and a half months pregnant during a pandemic? Um, it has to change. Um, it has to change based on, you know, like kids weren't one of my buckets before. 22-year-old uh, Brittany didn't have kids. I'm about to have my first child. I have a new bucket. So now I have to figure out how to rebalance all of those areas of my life. Um, and so I think we all have some version of that and it's, we've always had some version of that. I think that the pandemic has just made it a lot more obvious sure. to some of us. Um, so yeah, I mean, you go back to the, you go back to that foundation. What are my values? Um, are all my values represented? Have my values changed? You know, I've got a new bucket now. I have to add the kid bucket in. Mm. Um, maybe there are other buckets that I had before that are not as important right now um, that maybe I can put on the back burner. Um, so just evaluating like the foundation of what are my values, how do I define those values, what's the healthy way to, uh, to maintain my balance in that area, what does an unhealthy version look like in that area. And so for your occupation, um, I think we've all heard the, the idea that we're not working from home right now, but we're living at work right now. Um, how easy it is to just like roll out of bed and immediately start to work to continue working into the night to uh, right before bed, jump on and send one more email. Um, so all of our boundaries are a lot more blurry right now. So now more than ever, you have to really understand like what you want each of your priorities to look like um, so that you have some idea of, okay, am I aligning with my vision and my values or am I steering off course and I need to kind of take a step back to restructure things. Awesome, incredible, I love it, that's so good as you enter or you're getting ready to enter, you're already in a, you know, you spent the past uh, few months entering a new chapter. So um, I was laid off from my job in March. And so I took that as an opportunity to start my coaching business full time. I kind of 
was doing it on the side, but decided, okay, now it's time to lean in and really do it. Um, but what was interesting about that was I didn't realize this, but I had spent all of my career basically trying to not let other people down. Um, that was my main motivator was I've committed to something. I don't want to let this person down. Now, all of a sudden, I didn't have a boss looking over my shoulder. I didn't have a team counting on me. It was just me in my office by myself at home. Um, so I had to relearn how to work in a way where I don't want to let myself down. Um, how I can make commitments to me and fulfill those commitments and hold them as, in such high regard as I would a commitment that I'd made to you. Um, so that's been something that I've been working on is just redefining like how to, what motivates me at work um, and reevaluating my relationship to like keeping a commitment to myself. Um, so that's been really interesting and unexpected. And then I think the pandemic for all of us has kind of highlighted the need for mental wellness, but especially being pregnant, knowing that my mental health is immediately impacting my baby's mental health has like helped that be easier to prioritize. Um, so really being thoughtful about like taking breaks and stretching, um, you know, getting up and walking around instead of just sitting at my desk for hours on end, which I used to do. Sure. Um, you know, setting better boundaries about what time I'm going to log off work, um, you know, meditating more, things like that. So like just finding little ways to integrate wellness into my, you know, physical and mental wellness into my day-to-day -day life. Awesome. Um, and then obviously like preparing for baby is like a whole other, yeah. whole other thing. What's been the, the biggest struggle in trying to do all of that? Um, I think that trying something out and having it not necessarily work mm. is frustrating. So like saying like, okay, I'm going to pick this thing is like the thing I'm going to do. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go for a walk every day or I'm going to meditate every day or whatever it is. Like you pick something and then when it's harder to do than you thought that it was going to be, um, figuring out what to do with that. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, okay, you picked this thing because other people say you should do it or, um, it's nice in theory, but like, it doesn't actually fit your personality. It's not actually who you are. Um, so just figuring out how to work with who I am and find things that actually will work for me so that they're sustainable and manageable and a lot of just cutting yourself some slack, knowing that it's a learning process, knowing that it takes time to build up a new habit. Yeah. Um, so if you can go back to your values, you can go back to why you're doing what you're doing, why you chose that particular thing. Um, that's been really helpful. But yeah, just being patient with yourself and knowing that it, it's going to take time to unprogram, you know, however many years worth of doing things a certain way. Um, it's going to take time to build up a new program to do it a different way. Yeah. And I think that, that having patience with yourself is, is so key right now because we're in such a trial and error phase that we need to be, that we need to acknowledge and accept the fact that we're going to choose a few things that in theory sound, look, feel, smell, taste good but like man nope that's not me and i'm okay yeah I'm, I'm okay with that let's move on to the to the next thing and yeah i think we need to have the mindset of like not perfectionism but just like kind of like when we were kids you know just like being mad scientists just like let's just try this let's see what happens like let go of your like expectations and you're you know clinging to what the outcome is supposed to be let go of all of that you have no idea how this is going to end we never saw this coming you know um we clearly have no idea what's going to happen next. Right. So just kind of accepting that and just approaching everything from more of a place of 
curiosity and just being a mad scientist in the lab, like just trying things out and seeing what works. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more, and it's a more energetic way, I think, yeah. to kind of approach all of this. Yeah, it's so true. And I love the, the idea of a mad scientist in the lab because visually, I think we can all envision like a, a Bill Nye in there just trying to figure out what is life? Like, what are we, what are we, what's the next step? And even talking to a client uh, two weeks ago, they had always been of the mindset of going all in, right? On Monday, I'm going to start eating healthy. I'm going to sleep better. I'm, I'm going to meditate. And then it would work for a few weeks and then they would relapse to where they were prior. You're getting ready shortly to enter another new chapter, which is awesome. So as you prepare yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, all of these things for this new chapter, how do you, what are you focusing on right now as an, as an individual, personally, professionally? So what are you working on? Is there any main focus that you're, that you're targeting right now? Or are you just trying to, I know you don't like the word, but trying to play that balance game for a lack of a better term. What, where's, yeah. your, where's your mindset at right now? As you live in this new chapter and you're getting ready to enter a new chapter again. You know, the one thing that I told him is let's go in with the mindset of tweak, don't overhaul. So let's, if we, if we overhaul and we go all in, we're not really going to know what actually worked. We're not going to know, we're not going to know what worked, what didn't work. But if we tweak little things and we, and we watch it and we listen to how our bodies react and how our minds react, we might be able to, to figure out more strategically what's working for you, what's not working for you. And you don't have to feel like you have to do everything and stop doing everything that is considered a bad habit all at one time. Because what you might consider to be a bad habit for you might actually be beneficial, but we don't know if we just go all in. So that's why I like the, the mad scientist idea of just going in there and tweaking a few things and trying a few things out and really listening to our bodies and our, and our minds and, and trying to identify what's working and what's not working. No, I love what you said there. You said um, something along the lines of like, you know, what you think might be a bad habit might actually be working for you. We're so quick to judge ourselves, um, you know, just because nobody else is doing this thing, I've decided this thing is bad, but maybe that just really works for me and maybe I need to work with it instead of against it. So um, I think just being curious and open and experimenting, like you said, just kind of slowly helps you learn like, oh, I didn't realize I was doing this for this reason. Um, how do I work with that? How do I use that as a, as a tool instead of using it as a weapon against myself? Yeah, I love it. So we've, we've gone through, um, you've given a lot of advice for someone to go back and, and actually put into, into action. But it's a unique time in the sense, and we talked about it but, you know, before the call, we, everybody is struggling right now to, to some degree. And I always love talking about that because I feel like even before COVID, that was, that's always been the case. We've all been struggling to some degree. And now to your point, COVID has just shed this new light on, or has given us another reason to at least talk through it. So I think from that standpoint, it's been beneficial. We're talking about it more than we ever have, which is so helpful. But at the end of the day, we're still struggling. And from an occupational standpoint, we're all struggling uh, for a number of different reasons. We have a lot of fears in our heads. We're telling ourselves a lot of stories and we're not doing ourselves the favor of always testing the hypotheses of the stories in which we're telling ourselves. We're just believing that the stories are, are true and they're going to happen. And we get into this little ball of, of and we curl up in a ball of fear. For those people, and by those people, I mean everybody, because we're all those people now. What do you say to, what do you say to us? What do you say to me? What do you say to people who are just like, 
I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I don't know what next month, next year, tomorrow is going to look like. I don't know what my, maybe I'm a small business owner and my company is, is right on the edge. I'm trying to keep my company's head above water. We're all in that same boat to some degree. What's your message to, to those people of encouragement, advice, or maybe tough love? What, what do you have to say to, to, to all of us? I would say that, first of all, you never knew what was going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month. We all thought we did. We kind of lulled ourselves into a sense of security that we knew, but we never really knew. Um, it's a lot less predictable, maybe, like the blueprints are out the window to an extent, but we never really knew. So just accept that we never really truly had control over the outcome of things. All we can ever control is just our output, what we do, the choices that we make. And so as long as we're making decisions that are rooted in our values and who we want to be and what we think is, you know, this is the best decision that I'm able to make right now based on the information available to me and the resources available to me, then that's all any of us can do. So just knowing your, knowing your values, knowing what's important to you and why it matters and making decisions from that place is really all any of us are, can do. And it's going to be the only thing that gives us any peace of mind. I find that as a coaches, we always end up going back to a simple yet crucial piece of advice. It's no, it's no algorithm scientifically proven to do X, Y, Z. It's often going back to a taking a deep breath and just going back to something so simple where you kind of like scratch your head. You're like, you know, all this time I've been trying to find the secret potion for X, Y, Z when really it was just a, a simple statement or a mantra that I could say to myself and, and accept that, you know, it doesn't need to be anything complex. It just, it can be something simple yet critical to, to moving that needle forward. So that's why I love, I love hearing that because it's something that we as humans tend to forget about at times. So yeah. I think that's, and, and something I've heard you say multiple times during the video is obviously really needing to define your values and compare them and make sure that they're running parallel to the decisions that you're making. But you've said it a few times, knowing why you're making those decisions. And when you brought it up with the, the client who wanted to improve maybe their physical activity and their exercise, what's your, what's, what, why, why do you want to do this? What, what about X is going to give you the, the outcome that you, that you think you want? So, and that's what I always ask my clients who, if they want to lose weight, they want to gain weight, they want to do X, Y, Z. If we're just relying on motivation alone, it's going to be a really difficult journey because motivation is going to evaporate when things get really hard. Yeah. So we need to identify the why. And as, a, as you know, I call it the anchor. So something that's going to keep us grounded, something that's very clear, very simple. It's stable. And because we know the waters are going to get rocky and they're currently rocky for everyone. What is, I'm, I'm interested to hear what your why is right now as you're in this, this new, uh, new chapter, going into a brand new chapter. What is, what is your why that's keeping you focused on your values, keeping your priorities straight, uh, making sure that you're giving your, your best version of yourself to the people that need to get it? What is your anchor right now? Such a hard question. My mind is just swimming with so many different things. You can have more than, um, more than one anchor. Yeah, so kind of my first thought was I started thinking about my different buckets and my why for each bucket. Um, you know, for, for work, it's been, part of it has been it's a passion project of creating my new business, but also thinking about it in terms of I know I'm going to have to take a break when the baby comes, um, which is hard to like ramp something up to immediately have to stop. 
Um, so I've been thinking about, okay, future Brittany, who's got a newborn baby, what can I do now that is going to benefit her? What can I do for future Brittany to set her up for success professionally? So that's been how I've managed kind of the crazy turbulence of starting a new business right before having a baby um, is part of its passion, but also, um, you know, setting future mama Brittany up for success. Sure. Um, and then with my physical and my mental well-being, it's really rooted in, you know, I've got a baby on the way, so I have to make sure I'm taking care of the baby. Um, but also, again, future mama Brittany, like, what do I, what can I do that's going to make it easier for her yeah. um, to, to, you know, to bring a new life into this world and to be a good parent? Um, so really thinking through things from that perspective is helpful for me because I love service, being of service to other people. So thinking about how do I be of service to myself? this future version of me has been helpful. Um, and, you know, my relationship with my husband figuring out, you know, we've got this little window of time left where it's just the two of us. Um, so what do I want our relationship to look like? And what can I appreciate right now to make sure that we're both doing well during the uh, pandemic, but also, again, thinking ahead to when we're parents. Um, so I, a coach that I've worked with told me that Adversity doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. Um, so your job then when adversity happens is to just figure out, okay, why is this a good thing? Why, what, how can I use this as a tool to grow and um, be a better person from this so that instead of staying in the victim mentality, I can, you know, really just kind of take the bull by the horns. So that's really been, for me, the pandemic has been that. It's been this opportunity to really just reevaluate how do I want to structure my life going into parenthood? Um, and so I think for me, it kind of all comes back to how do I, what do I do now to be the best version of myself tomorrow? Um, it's really kind of, as I'm saying it out loud, I'm noticing and connecting the dots for myself is kind of what it all comes back to. Awesome. Oh, it's so good. I love it. Well, uh, I had a lot of high expectations going into this uh, conversation and you did not disappoint. So I appreciate, you know, I love talking to you. So I hope we get to do this again. And it's, it was good to digitally and virtually see you. I hope I get to see you in person sooner rather than later. But thank you so much for hopping on here. I'm so happy for you and Ryan and I uh, can't wait to, for your family to grow and uh, you keep killing it. I'm very proud of you. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you having me. This was a lot of fun. I miss, uh, miss hanging out and chatting with you every day. I know. We'll do more of it. Sounds oh. good. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found some value in this episode because I know I did. And there was no shortage of nuggets of wisdom. So to recap some of the major takeaways, I'll leave you with these three. Number one, right now, we aren't working from home. We are living at work. And because of that, setting boundaries and daily routines for yourself is now more important than ever. Number two, stop expecting that you should know what's next. Let go of the idea of trying to control the outcome. Even before COVID, we never really knew what was next. So be patient with yourself. Give yourself some grace. Go back to your childhood days and continue to be curious. Try new things and see what works and see what doesn't. Number three, and here's the big one. Treat your relationship with work like a real relationship. Define what you want out of it. That's what we do with people. We define what we expect of them and we hold them accountable. So do the same thing with work. Have a very clear and high expectation of what you expect it to give you and things will improve pretty quickly. 
Again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. And if you're ready to finally achieve and maintain your health goals, I strongly encourage you to reach out to me for a free 15-minute discovery call where we can talk through your goals and decide if we'd be a good fit for each other. But I promise you this, at the very least, you will get off that phone call with a clear direction of where you can go to immediately improve your health. So until next time, cheers, everyone.